Do you believe in miracles? Got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what what's up, Fizzle? good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show. Let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building. He gonna stay with him. They gonna start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tap in there Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Hit that notification bell when the news break. Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late. Destination Devi, that's the team. Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing. I remember Biggie said it was all a dream. Now people watching on their phones and computer screens. Welcome to the team. Welcome back in everybody to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't stress how important it is that you guys have tuned into us for all this time so far. It is ridiculous the support that we've gotten and where this podcast has gone. Adam, buddy, it is football day. We are recording this right before the Hall of Fame game. Which also, for me, also signifies I had Bob Lung on this podcast while you were gone, off gallivanting, wherever you were gallivanting to. Yep. Uh, that that means next week at this time, we will be face-to-face. Uh, I will probably be on the casting couch Wednesday night when we record next week's 40 episode. It's going to be a great it's, one, man. It's going to be a great one. It means it's Expo Week, but football is uh, is back. Can I say that? Can I say football is back? We get the Hall of Fame game. It'll be entertaining for about five minutes. Maybe. I'm loving it. Um, you know, it, it's to me, it's more about that football's back. It's the, you know, it's like the the ball is tipped, right? Like it's we're here, we're back, we got football. There's not going to be probably much that we care about in fantasy at all happening tonight, but it's just that feeling, you know. Football is back. You get the juices going again. We get the season coming around the corner. The redraft mindset: if it hasn't kicked in your dynasty leagues, that's rare, and it's it's coming right about now if it hasn't like it's the mindsets are now okay what about my starting lineup what we're gonna be playing football we're playing football let's go you know so dynasty degenerates uh love being back on and and having you on it's an always a pleasure doing 40 chess so let's let's give it to him mike adam it is a it's peak hype season twitter timelines are filled you know, it's my favorite time of the year where we just talk about, uh, you know, whatever happens that day. And it seems like we have wild swings. But I want to dive into that a little bit more. Do we actually have wild swings or is this just, you know, what we do? Do we just do a lot of BS during this time and it's nothing actually happening or actionable? So I, I want to start this off, right? Like, I, I, it feels like you post Player X did this in training camp or you see a, a highlight video. And then it feels like the groundswell. People start talking about it more and more. It feels like we have wild reactions. It feels like 
we we see these massive market shifts or these shifts in uh you know dynasty but then i go to one of the most uh wild uh wild places for market value right our our good friends that keep trade cut good friends of the show i don't love them (laughs) one day they might be we talk about them enough but not actually And I pulled it up like I had this thought in my mind that, man, we we overreact way too much in Dynasty, right? Especially at this time. And I pull it up and uh, they have this cool thing where it's top five risers last 30 days, right? The market shift in value. Number one at the top, Deion Jackson, plus 715 value points. Uh, I, I don't know how the value calculation goes, but plus 715 points. So I, I got to pull it up and I go all right, what's that worth in terms of like players or draft picks? Like what's a 715 point swing on Deion Jackson because of the, the Jonathan Taylor uncertainty, right? Like the whole Jim Irsay thing. We, we, we've touched on that multiple times. What's 715 points worth of that? If I scroll down and I found, I found the guy, it's not quite 715. It's 714. And that would be a, a Sterling Shepherd is valued at 714 dynasty points. And I go, wow, well, that doesn't seem like very much. Uh, players around him, Kendrick Bourne, Trey Tucker, a 25 early fourth. So this is what we're talking about. Like Deion Jackson's worth a, a 2025 early fourth in Superflex formats more in the last 30 days than he ever was before. <laughs> Does that mean we don't actually do anything? We just sit here and, and talk about it or share amongst the group in the discords, the Patreons, wherever we are, Twitter. It's not even Twitter anymore. It's X. I can actually react to that one. I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, it's, bring back Twitter. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's everything, All a lot of the needle moving we do at this time, and you could probably say damn near all of it, It it's just based on highlight clips thoughts conject it's all conjecture no it's not hey this player went out and ha- had a had a great you know game last week and he's his target shares rise and there's no actual data points that are like all right we're we're just hyping stuff up man we are just hyping stuff and we're determined because we're ingrained in this in the dynasty space and like we want to manipulate we got to change we got to adapt something has to be happening i think sometimes we just overthink things and we have to make players move up and down. So we get in our heads and we change what we're thinking. And, oh, my gosh, can you see what this guy did in the ladder drill? Great. How does that translate to the football field? I mean, are we going to move his dynasty value because he can do the ladder great? I mean, yeah, it's cool. But <laughs> what you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That that, that That's part of the – it's frustrating, but I also like to try to play the edges up on that stuff. If someone wants to change, you know – how they value they want someone on my team because his, his ladder looks great okay, here you go let's talk you can have him next on the list was nick chubb plus 571 and i think when i look at it like if i try to break that down it's because of the jonathan taylor thing maybe it's because of the saquon barkley thing the josh jacobs thing like guys like that who are below him are the ones who get the value bump because i i haven't seen anything that you know i haven't seen any wow plays on twitter where it goes like oh nick chubb's prime for a big year we already knew that we already knew that <laughs> if you if you if you're following this podcast, you already knew Nick Chubb probably living under a, a good year. Are you living yeah. under a rock? I mean, come on. It's already baked in, but I think it's because the other guys around him fall slightly, and it looks like he gets that that value bump, and rightfully so. Like I agree, but it, the overreaction isn't as much as I thought. Like his his value bump is plus five seventy one. Adam, I gotta I gotta scroll like a madman 
to find out and tell you what 571 in value points on keep trade cuts worth. I, I can't even imagine. You got any guesses? <laughs> I sift through all these pages of what? Give me, give me the what am I guessing? What 571 points of value bump that Nick Chubb has? Oh, received. how many players did he jump? No, no, no. What's that? What's that? The equivalent of in Dynasty? Like I told you, it was a uh, Sterling Shepherd was 751. Oh, what's 571 <laughs> points? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Um. You got any player guesses? I was gonna guess. I, I yeah, get, a tight end. Let me let me guess. Like Tucker Craft. Ooh, Tucker Craft. Uh, no. Is that too high? <laughs> that's that's too high. What about Will Mallory? <laughs> that's also too high. <laughs> that's too high. Wow. Uh, go ahead, <laughs> g- give it to me. I I might have a hard time getting much lower than that. Uh, so I got a a five seventy four for you. It's a uh, Amari Rogers who just got cut. <laughs> Didn't um, he? <laughs> once, once a uh, you know a hyped this time of year third round dynasty pick, right? That uh, flamed. Okay. Uh, can I interest you in uh, Matt Corral? He's five seventy seven. Are we back in uh, our first forty chess podcast? Speaking of that oh, one, that, that's how far you got to no. go back to interest me in Matt Corral. You got to go to the beginning oh, of the no. show. Come on, Mike. Come on, man. Oh no, you were you were pretty close with tight ends though. Like Zach Kuntz is six hundred one. What was what was Mil, uh, Will Mallory's? I don't know. I got to find this guy, but I imagine he's higher because I also see Elijah. Higgins oh, so so we don't, we, you don't even know if he's too high. We're just assuming. <laughs> I'm gonna I love assume, this. I'm, I'm going to assume I'm correct because Elijah Higgins is. I'll tell you what, you keep now, talking. I'll, I'm, I got a fact check now. <laughs> you got a fact check of Will Mallory's higher or not? It's it, it's this weird thing, though. Like I think it's all facetious. I think it's just something we mm-hmm. build up in our mind because we, we really don't have anything else to do. I got to thinking about it the other day when I was well, I was updating my personal dynasty ranks. And I'm going, what what's really happened for me to move some of these guys? Like, some are obvious. Uh, you know, I don't need to rank Tim Patrick really anymore, ever. Unfortunately for him, you know, Which I don't. Is why, I, don't yeah. wish, I don't wish bad on any player, and yeah, I've got a lot of exposure to Tim Patrick on underdog drafts, uh, just because I'm. You know, you get in the 16th, 17th, 18th round, you go, man, what if he is the number two receiver? What if they do get rid of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, like they've been talking about? Like, what if that actually happens this this training camp? So. Uh, but when you're you're a wide receiver and you're coming off an ACL injury, you're on the wrong side of 28, and then before you even get to play another game the next year, you tear your Achilles. It's like I have no interest in in ranking you. Like it's a waste of my breath yeah. to try to figure out if you're wide receiver 157 or 156. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't well, I mean, matter. So just just think like I, I'll tell you the truth. Tim Patrick for me was a cut. I didn't have a ton of him, but I I cut him at least like three places, four places, and best balls were, right? You know, Tim Patrick. It's and absolutely I want him on my thirty-five man roster best ball teams. I cut a few of them, and it wasn't fun. But the reality is this: it, if you have a Tim Patrick floating around, I'm gonna tell you why you shouldn't. Mike, you already alluded to. It. He's 29. By the time that the season rolls around next year, he'll be 30. We're all, we already don't typically want to be betting on 30 year old receivers. I mean, right now. I know we don't want to talk about it, but one of the things that is happening is, you know, Cooper Cup has a hamstring, and we have mm. older guys that are, you know, sometimes these soft tissue injuries, not that Cooper Cup still isn't great, but he may not be able to stay healthy, and that could be the, what gets in his way. Look at Julio Jones. That's what happened to him <laughs> down the stretch of his career. Like, it just – I'm trying to be realistic, though. Now, now, think about that. Cooper Cup – I'm not telling you not to value Cooper Cup. I mean, he might be a cheap buy-low. I'm 
just giving you context and to tell you that's already going to be a narrative for him, especially if he re-aggravates it and stuff like that. This is this is Tim Patrick, who's how many rungs down from Cooper Cup on Keith Drake? Yes. We don't have to do that, but it's way down the line, right? So this is going to be this receiver coming off. Now he's going to be 30. The one thing to keep in mind too, Mike, is it's, so he has the Achilles. He's going to not play all year. So you're looking at and he's coming off an ACL where he was going to have to really adapt to and figure out how his body's going to adjust with you know coming off a surgically repaired ligament like that. So now you have probably a 365-day stretch where he's trying to get himself and he doesn't know what his body's going to be like. Now you add in another layer of the component of the Achilles. So now you're talking two years of not really running and um, your, your body's just not going to be the same from not playing for two years, let alone – He's older, and he's got the Achilles, and he's got the uh, ACL. So even in deep, deep, deep best ball leagues, Mike, he's a, he was a cut for me off of this immediately. So back to keep trade cut, right? They also have the top five fallers last 30 days. Tim Patrick, number one, like nosedive, of course. But number two, uh, KJ Hamler, which this one I thought was interesting. Adam, I, I, I still got a couple shares in our deep best ball rosters because I, I kind of read the reports on it where it was like, you know, maybe five, six weeks, uh, he can fix this with, with medication, right? Just just medication. And I'm like, okay, maybe you hear heart issue and you, you assume the worst, like, holy shit, he may never play football again. And then they go, oh, it's like six weeks. You know, it's a minor thing. He just felt some uh, felt some discomfort, some fatigue while, while working out in training camp. And the Broncos' intention was to waive him to free up the roster spot, but if he's ready to go and medically cleared in a couple of weeks, they'll bring him right back, and he, he'll be back on the field competing. And right. in deep best ball rosters, I go, well, it's an offense I like. I like the bounce back from Russ. K.J. Hamler is, what, a wide receiver, which even those deep wide receivers in best ball, we've told you that we're interested in those guys, and it's a guy with speed, field-stretching ability, possibly. So I'm hesitant to cut them in those ones, like those deep best ball rosters where, you know, we're rostering 35, 37, 40, 42, whatever it may be. In lineup leagues, though, one, if I'm being honest, if you listen to anything Sky Connor does on his roster construction series, I shouldn't have been rostering them in the first place. But it was also very satisfactory to me, not because he he has a heart condition, okay? Let, let me make that completely clear. But it was satisfactory to me when I – when I cut KJ Hamler, when I found out I still had him in lineup leagues, and I'm like, well, this is an easy choice. And then you watch somebody else in your league immediately the next day pick him up and waste a roster spot on him. And I go, best of luck to you, sir. Thank you for taking on my problem. Uh, this makes it so much easier. So KJ Hamler, another big faller. How about another one, Adam? Naheem Hines with a Oof. jet ski accident. Yeah, right? yeah. It's That's a, that, was a, that was a cut candidate immediately I mean, everywhere. For, for me, like – uh, not not that I, you don't roster him, but he for, he for me is already someone I was having a hard time with in best ball, um, trying to get off of him if I could in any capacity. Truthfully, mm-hmm. just his we've talked about this on show with with Scott on here, right? Where the that type of archetype plus a guy that hasn't really produced all that much on that type of an archetype where he's at is a guy I'm not looking to have in best ball a lot. And you you talk about this injury to him, right? If if I'm if I'm already not feeling how you're going to help my team and then you have an injury like this on a jet ski you got to i think you got to cut bait i think especially in best ball leagues you, I, lineup shouldn't be much different but in best ball leagues where you can't afford roster spots the whole, immediate gone got to be gone yeah 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking back here uh, because we just mentioned Naheem Hines. Listen, this is a a favorite of mine. Adam gives me crap for it all the time. But James Cook, uh, up eight spots at the running back position within the last month. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Underdog! That's right, Destination Debbie is now partnered with Underdog. An incredible opportunity, and you know my affinity for best ball. How about getting in those contests and taking down some of these big tournaments, getting that best ball money. And right now, if you sign up with promo code 4DCHESS, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to the first $100. And the best part is Destination Debbie Discord will be free to you for a year. You will get access to all the strategy that we will be talking about as far as taking down some of these tournaments and the best ball tools that will come with it. What a perfect marriage. Destination Debbie, 4D Chess, Underdog, Best Ball, say less and sign me up. Now, back to the show. Eight spots, Adam. Let that sink in. He's gone from he's gone from being RB thirty to now RB twenty two, which is crazy to me. <laughs> like, I love James Cook, but it's like we're double counting the Naeem Hines thing. Listen, if you like James Cook like I did, I already I already factored in the fact that Naeem Hines wasn't going to do a whole lot. Probably be a kick returner, right? Like James Cook was taking that role. So why are we double counting this guy? Eight spots? Yeah, man. Insane? Are you nuts? Oh. Right, exactly. Well, all the reports out of camp have been glowing, but like if you were already in on James Cook, I was in on James Cook because he was, you know, RB30. And I'm going, well, that seems dumb. It's a good offense. I think he's going to have a role. I like Damian Harris as kind of the thunder, but James James Cook is the passing down guy, that that explosive back, uh, you know, that, that kind of like 40, I think Ray called him a 40% or plus, you know, where that's, it's, you're the third down guy, but you get extra work. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of that that home run hitter, that 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 fields that explosive play field stretcher at the running back, if that's a thing. Like that's where I was in on James Cook, and it's like, oh, Naheem Hines isn't there. We got to move James Cook all the way up our rankings. So I don't think overall in value, he hasn't had the same kind of climb. Right? He's up 332 points, which we just kind of alluded to. Uh, you know, at like seven fifteen, no one cares. Imagine nobody cares at three twenty two. I'd hate to right, see what right. <laughs> it was disgusting at five hundred and something. Oh, <laughs> if you get look. By the way, um, for those that were wondering, because I did look it up and I almost forgot until you mentioned that. Um, keep trade cut. I got one for you. you. You're missing a player in the database. Will Mallory is not in there. He is not in the database at all. Do better. I demand more. Keep trade cut. You guys have a uh, product that we it gets a lot of traffic. We talk about quite a bit. This is the first time I think I've ever come across a player that isn't in their database, Mike. Really? It's usually me and my rankings where I'm forgetting a guy. Remember when oh, we brought right, our yeah. first set of rankings? Jordan Backus here at Destination Dev. You guys know him as the analytics guy. Had an awesome podcast on here. Uh, Jordan made us a sweet sheet to use for rankings. And uh, I pull it up. We rank everybody at them. And both you and I, uh, we went weeks without realizing that we didn't have a one Derrick Henry in the ranks at all. Like, kind of an important running back that we should probably rank. And he wasn't available. So, keep trade cut. I demand more, even though uh, I'm probably the biggest uh, 
the biggest proponent of of messing that up. That's crazy. They don't have Will Mallory ranked, but they'll rank Tyree Jackson. <laughs> what are we doing? Keep trade cut. I demand more. Or uh, Tegan Quintoriano. I've never known how to spell or pronounce his last. I give up. Spell, you, you were right with spell and then pronounce too. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. Or they rank O.J. Howard, who's just been cut from like his 19th team before you know preseason even starts, which is awesome. Rough. Rough. O.J. Howard <laughs> shares are rough. It's a rough. It's a rough look. But James Cook is one of those guys who's uh, who's been rising back to my main point, which I think is, uh, you know, I, I like it. It's just maybe if that's the lens that we look at as, as overreaction, just because they jump some other running back spots and they kind of rank amongst the, the positions as as higher than I think they should. But overall, if you just look at, at pure value on a scale of how many value points does the market say that, that these guys are gaining, it's not as much as you think. It's not as much. I think we just kind of flip-flop guys back and forth, and that's really all we do all training camp, unless something bad like – Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Naheem Hines, for instance, you know, guys getting cut that were bottom of the roster guys. Anyways, unless that happens to them, we generally don't don't put them on the fallers list. Think how bad uh, how bad the situation is with Jonathan Taylor as far as, you know, some of the panic we, we've kind of heard about and we've seen. And, you know, that's the big talking point. He doesn't even make the the top five fallers list for the last 30 days, which is very interesting to me that I thought that would be a thing. I thought I'd come on, on here, we'd talk about it, and I'd see wild overreactions from everybody. And Jonathan Taylor would be down, you know, a thousand points in, in value, and that's not really the case. That, that didn't really happen, which I thought was interesting. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, uh, John, Jonathan Taylor's down how many points? I'm pulling it up here for the last month, Adam. He is down a whopping 126 points in the keep trade cut uh, positional or overall overall dynasty total dynasty ranking. value. Yeah, 126. 126. Position wise, position wise, in the last month, he's down one spot. <laughs> okay, I mean, so one spot I think is the thing for me. Like, who did he? Who did? He, oh, he he just got passed by Kelsey. That's an interesting one. Well, that's just what you expect, right? Now everyone gets excited for points. RB5, honestly, to me, Mike, is still not off. Like, I, I think there's more panic than RB5 in a lot of the leagues I've seen with Jonathan Taylor right now. So Doesn't it feel like that? It does. I, I, I don't feel like the the needle moving is actually as reflective as normally I would see on a keep trade cut. Like, you, it gets so reactionary, right? Like, one guy has a drop, and he drops typically five spots because of a bad drop on a, on a clip. So, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think actually this is like a – when you and I typically with Jonathan Taylor, right, with what's going on currently with the running back market and what he's seen, we would typically, because of what we think is happening in our leagues, are staunch defenders of he's a, I'm not selling this cheap, and if if anything, I might buy, right? At this price, like, I don't think he's a, a must-buy at running back five, if that makes sense. If it was lower, I think it's more like I'm going to staunchly say I'd go get him, but... I think running back five is not that ridiculously out of whack. I mean, the guys ahead of him are who? The younger ones. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, right. Breeze Hall, and obviously Bijan. So, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's not that big of a drop for me. <laughs> I, this is also, I will give props to keep, keep trade cut, right? The, the, not, the, the site is beautiful, and the features are, are awesome. I, I, the only issue I take, in, like, I really wonder, I want to meet some of the people who vote on it. 
<laughs> but I go to the recent keep trade cuts for Jonathan Taylor. It's not as bad as you thought, right? The first one, Jonathan Taylor, JSN, Deshaun Watson, in that order. Keep trade cut. Now, we'll have a disagreement about the Deshaun Watson part, but, you know, the JT thing, I go, okay, understandable. Like, that's a lot higher than I thought people would be, okay? The other ones, like uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, JT, I get that one in that order. Brees Hall, Tyreek Hill, Jonathan Taylor at the bottom. Understand that one. The only one that I looked at and I went, huh, this is interesting. 23 early first as the keep, right? So that can mean pick one, could mean pick two, could mean pick three. Jameer Gibbs or Jonathan Taylor. How about that one? Jameer Gibbs or Taylor, who do I want? Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor, or a 23 early first. Guaranteed locked in top three pick. Super flex leagues next 23 year. or 24? Uh, tw- twenty-three. Well, tw- <laughs> it well then that, says that's twenty-three. Well, I thought I, I was reading. I'm, I'm viewing. Well, I'm viewing that as Gibbs. So, like, I feel like we got one answer, right? <laughs> this is if weird. we're talking running back, is obviously if that equates to Bijan, then I want Bijan. So we can just remove it, and it's a Gibbs and Taylor conversation for me. Or I guess I don't know. If you're telling me it's early and now it's Anthony Richardson, I'll take Anthony Richardson still. Um, but if it's not that, if it's a running back position. I'm going to lean Gibbs here because he's on a rookie contract. I think that there's uh, more leeway for him to stay high than there is with Taylor. I, I think he's a value, but I think people at this point with okay. what's going on, it's a little more of a, a market thing than for me. Now, if you told me right now who I think is going to finish better for the season, I think Taylor still probably beats him. But as far as you don't think Taylor beats Gibbs? <sighs> I know, I know, I know everyone on podcast can't see the face Mike gave me, uh, but – because he's been a staunch defender of Gibbs, so now I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do. When you break that down, right, because it does say 20. I had to reread this multiple times. It does say 23, not 24. I I put the two together and sound like an idiot, but 23 early first. When you say, is it Bijan or JT? Well, Bijan. Is it it Anthony Richardson or JT? A. Rich. Is it Jameer Gibbs or JT? I think you're right. I think it's it's Gibbs, but I still want to put JT up there. Like I really, I really love JT. I really love Gibbs. So this is a hard one for me. I'll go split. I'll take the easy way out, fifty fifty. But Adam, what if I told you it was twenty four? Twenty four early first, locked in top three. Twenty four. I'll take the twenty four early first over both. Over Gibbs and JT. Yeah. yeah. You got, two, you got you got if it's early and you're telling me it's top three, I got two quarterbacks and I got the one of the best receiver prospects we've seen in a while with a market that's great. Okay. Yeah, that makes that's some that's sense. the reason I'll argue that. It's it's position you, you versus what three. I can sell for. Yeah. It's that, people looking at the In twenty four it one, it's 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 te- you're te- you telling me it's early, a lot of times that trades for right now. I can actualize yeah. that right yeah. now. You know? There's there's a lot of layers to that when it's twenty four versus I'm gonna make the pick right now this year. First of all, it's too late on that. Like it's not a hypothetical anymore that pick is just you haven't had your draft yet we know it's Jameer Gibbs or Bijan but with 24 just the fact of what I can sell that for plus if I had to hold it it's a quarterback or a receiver I feel confident in so that's why I take that there all right T Higgins Jonathan Taylor Jackson Smith and Jigba say that again sorry T Higgins Mm -hmm. JSN or Jonathan Taylor Man, this is tough, boy. T. Higgins is a love of mine, but his market's just 
I think it's flat. Like I think it, it doesn't. It, Mike, what would he have to do at this point to get a bump in value? Like people are determined to lock T. Higgins into his market, right? You, either you like him or you don't. At well, this point. It, at my point is he's either on your team, right, or you find a way to craftily tear him up or something. Like he's locked into who he is, and for me, if I have him, I probably am just going to get what he has for my team. JSN <laughs> has. Huh? Yeah, as a, as a staunch staunch T Higgins defender, right? Trying to f- provide all the facts, right? We'll dive behind just points per game, and we'll look at everything. People fight me left and right on T Higgins, and they fought me for multiple years. So it's just what it is at this point. Either you like T Higgins or you don't. You think he's a stepping stone to something else, or you think he's uh, on the cusp of being considered in that elite category. And that's that's it. That's it. Either you think he's one of those mid-wide receivers that you just move on from, or you're like, hey, I could see a scenario where something would happen where he's already vaulted into that elite territory. Maybe not in market value, but in points per game, what he means for me in best ball leagues, even in lineup leagues, uh, being more consistent, providing more spike weeks on a weekly basis than a lot of other wide receivers in that range. You're locked in on T. Higgins, I think, one way or the other. Yeah. But that's how it is. Yeah, I'm with you. I think – J- JSN has the allure. Like, if he comes out early and plays well enough, like he has a couple big games, people are going to freak out with JSN. Like, that's. But to me, you know, depending on my league, like Jonathan Taylor at this point of the conversation that you're having here, market's scary, right? I think the market for him is the scariest. But if you tell me right now, like, this could all be conjecture. Look at Saquon Barkley. They get a deal done and now he's playing all season. He could be the one that has the biggest. We'll go dynasty trades in five on it. Hammer to your to your team, right? Biggest hammer. Let's go. He does a uh, he does make a uh, keep trade cuts uh, weekly. You know, biggest top five faller for the week. But I don't know how much that was. <laughs> Judging by his overall for the last month, it's not that much. It's actually not that much. Um, anybody else on here that's interesting to me? Uh, Saquon Barkley had a little bit of a dip, and then surprise, surprise, he's right back and actually growing from where he was. <laughs> he was from, from two months ago, right? Imagine that. He signs a contract and we go, hey, we shouldn't have panicked. Who knew? Uh, he In the last month, he has gone down zero spots and he's gone up zero spots. And his dynasty value overall has actually gone up by 101. So kind of crazy that we, uh, we overreact a little bit to a contract situation. And then all of a sudden they sign a deal or they work something out. And both parties are at least agreeable for a year and, Hey, we're right back to where we started, <laughs> where we should have been all along. Yeah. So, I'm with you. so anything else? Like, I, I think I can kind of finally put to bed that we don't actually overreact that much. Now, Jonathan Taylor might be a special one because I've actually seen those deals come across the the leagues where you go, whoa, whoa, I didn't think that was a thing, and we we talked about it on a, a podcast that we did uh, America's Game right with Eric. Where we we just we just put that out where we were talking about hey, what are we comfortable for accepting Jonathan Taylor in the deal? And I would say it's probably expanded for me a little bit more, but it's not like some of the stuff we we saw like an Ale- Alexander Madison in a first deal for Jonathan Taylor come across to one of our leagues, which I go, oh, I didn't think that was going to be a thing. <laughs> like I didn't think that was going to be something that we yeah witnessed. right right. Surprise, surprise, here we are. Madison, huh? I I think maybe the JT one, I don't know if this goes into voting or who's voting, and this has always been the question I've had about keep trade cut. Like, where's the, 
what's the actual uh, demographics of people who are who are voting on this, where it comes from. But at least according to this, Jonathan Taylor isn't falling that much. But I, I would venture to say I think it might be a little bit more if we look in a week and the situation's still unresolved. Right, I agree with that. Weeks, yes, I agree, yes. If we get into week two or week three of the preseason and it's still unresolved, I think we, we would actually levels. be able to – yeah, I think we'd actually be able to see that in action and see that in play. But yep. for the ones who already existed out there, do you think any of these guys, uh, any of these guys, anybody else you wanted to look at, has big wild swings that comes to mind to you? Um, at the running back position, or just in general? Just in general, just guys across the board. Like you've seen all the camp hype, right? Like Zay Flowers yeah. is uncoverable. Uh, Jalen Hyatt. A guy that we talked about on the draft stream way back when, like, damn, the draft capital sucks, and he falls in this range. I don't matter. And what did I say? Like, I said, Jalen Hyatt might be the guy that I make the exception for because of the speed, because of the situation, because, you know, New York has basically nobody else at wide receiver. <laughs> Maybe Jalen Hyatt's that guy. He's uncoverable. Like, any of these guys come to mind where you've seen a lot of camp hype or camp buzz around or highlight plays on, on what was former Twitter that – that we should look at and see if they're actually moving on keep trade cut and how much. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there, there's a few guys that come to mind for me that are like, this is kind of just me being playing the guys I think could have big value swings. And like one for me that I'm, I'm not buying into the player, but I feel like there's a chance with, with camp and with the season starting and like Jordan love is not the player. Jordan love is the one, but I think with him coming out, if he has a, big highlight throw to a like I think Christian Watson's another guy that people are just ready to lean into um I don't really like it at cost personally like uh, keep trade cut has him at wide receiver 19 he's already a top 20 receiver for me I feel like that's too rich but I feel like there's people that really want to push him higher the other person I'll mention he's already getting very high is Calvin Ridley I think because of being attached to T-Law we haven't seen him play there's just this euphoria of we haven't seen him fail recently although he's got only really one giant season as a body of work people are always going to point to that 1400 yard season he's with t-law people don't like kirk as a whole the market's kind of cool on him i could see calvin ridley just completely exploding in value too of off of preseason hype or having you know four or five catches in the first quarter and they pull him and you know it's like oh this guy's gonna break fantasy and get a massive value bump i, I could see that too He's right in that Zay Flowers range. Obviously, totally different situations, but I, I could see him doing that. So, uh, Jordan Love, the first one you mentioned, actually down in 133 points in Dynasty value over the last month and down Ooh. one spot in QB ranks. Ooh. Down where, to QB where, where's 19. He at? Not, down to QB 19. Well, he should be down. He should. Well, he should be, but... He should go pe- pe- people People tend to like Mike what they haven't seen fail over the, the mid range, right? The, right. I can hope for, and, and ho- it's hopium. They, they have hopium and they can tell themselves a story. He's sad, all this stuff versus, you know, who, who's quarterback 20 and uh, probably in that range is Russell Wilson. He stinks now. It's over for Russell Wilson, right? To, to go on a little bit of a tangent here real quick, then we'll get to your, uh, your Calvin Ridley one, which actually does have some movement to report. Actually, let me get that in real quick. Calvin there Ridley. We go. Up nine spots in wide receiver rankings to wide receiver 24 from 33 and up 282 points in overall dynasty value. Adam, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on uh, the Jordan Love thing, right? We haven't seen him fail. He's been sitting and he's already up to, to QB 19 and there's a lot of people who have a lot of hope for him. And I'm not saying he can't be 
QB 19. He can't go any higher than that. Like we, we really don't know for sure. We don't know. This is one of my arguments about like Trey Lance. People want to bury him already. And I'll go, I just watched Jordan Love do nothing for three years. Absolutely nothing. And when we did see it, it didn't look good. And all of a sudden he's back to QB 19. And uh, we want to bury Trey Lance already. I don't understand that. Um, <laughs> here's the crazy thing. Think about what happens with Trey Lance and what happened to Jordan Love. Like what happened to him? Or we're we're pushing them up because we haven't seen anything. And for a while, Jordan Love was just, you know, dead and gone. I felt so great last year when it was about this time of the year or a little bit before, and we're going, hey, uh, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play this year. (laughs) We don't know if he's going to work things out with Green Bay. He might retire. I can't remember that actress. He was off, uh, but he was with Miles Teller in, like, Uh Hawaii in the offseason, and we thought he's never coming back. And you know, I sold Jordan Love for a, a late first at that time, and I thought it was an awesome move. I was so excited. And now he's had this bounce back, and, and people like him because we haven't seen him. Think about what happens to the guys that we do see that come out and they, they play okay, right? Like Kenny Pickett wasn't great last year. wasn't horrible. wasn't great, though. And people are like, oh, he stinks. He's He's garbage, right? Like he's uh, one year, he's done. Like, ah, he's terrible. We don't want him at all. He's valued just in front of Jordan Love. Like, just barely holding on. And we've seen him play for much more than we've we've ever seen Jordan Love play. This is where I look at guys like uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Adam, can they be awesome? Yeah, 100%. Of course. course. But what's a more likely scenario? These guys come out and they kind of struggle a little bit their rookie year. It's not as great as we think. And then all of a sudden we're going to bury them down to next to like the Kenny Pickett's and the Jordan Loves of the world where they're at. We go, ah, we saw it for, you know, they didn't look that great the one year. What's the new thing coming in? And, and it doesn't even have to be Caleb Williams or Drake May. It may be Michael Penix or it may be Joe Milton if he's the third quarterback. That's going to be the next one. We're like, this is it. This is the guy we're going to boost into the top 12 for damn near. And shout this shout is out to – Shout out to Off the Line, right? I was on there today, and uh, we were talking. I had to mess with uh, with Ike pretty good. You know, he was giving a little. I'm surprised you didn't mention Nico Collins. And I'm like, what about him? And uh, you know, we got to it. I'm like, yeah. And you're right. You're damn right. C.J. Stroud's gonna have to run because guess what? Uh, Nico Collins at wide receiver one is not a good a good thing for like C.J. Stroud to actually have a, a season that matters in fantasy early on in his career. Right? That's not ideal. I mean, could he, could he could he overcome it? Yeah, but. It's probably not something I'm projecting or betting on year one at all. It's we're gonna bury these guys, aren't we? Like as a community, like if Bryce it's hard, it's hard, to, it's Stroud, hard to speak in absolutes. Yeah. But I, I'm with, like I'm tend to be with you on if they have struggle a lot of struggle moments and don't do a lot of production and their points per game are outside the top twenty. The cooling effect of them uh, is going to be a lot because what's going to happen, Mike? You have other quarterbacks probably this year that are going to bounce back to some degree, maybe not high, but some degree. Right. And then you're going to have what? Caleb Williams and Drake May coming in. And guess what? These are no longer the new shiny toy. These are the guys that just let you down in their rookie year last year. <laughs> so here's the thing too, man, the new shiny toys. And it almost seems like if you don't do anything or you do something and it's a very limited sample size, we're, we're going to give you a pass. We give you a pass all over the place because we're, we're, we're on this keep trade cut thing, right? Sam Howell, what do you do? One game last year. One game. Sam Howell. <laughs> like, 
Speaking of our first podcast, Boom. what am I doing out there promoting Sam How He has one game. He's up to QB 26. Desmond Ritter, just that little stretch down the end, right? Hasn't looked good in camp by all accounts. I've, I've yet to see something where he's he's made a, a nice, accurate throw or anything to Kyle Pitts or Drake London. But uh, Desmond Ritter, QB 27. How about Mac Jones? Adam, one How year. About him? One year. One year yeah. in his one year in his rookie year. Now I know that this isn't the end all be all, right? Because so many guys opt out or they're playing in the Super Bowl or they're injured. But Mac Jones makes the Pro Bowl in his rookie year. Has a very highly efficient rookie year. Very decent from a quarterback standpoint. Has one bad year last year in his second year with a defensive coordinator and a special teams guy as his offensive coordinators. And people burying Mac Jones behind both Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Come on. Are, are we serious? I hope I hope not. I mean, but yeah, people are, man. It's the case. It's just that youth quarterback thing. Like, well, Sam Howell's different with the draft capital. At least, like, uh, you know, Bryce and CJ have one and two overall. So there's different, a little bit of different insulation. But I don't know. Hey, man. man. There's once upon a time the guy who's going to star in tonight's game was the number two overall pick, and look how quickly we wrote his ass off. Pretty fast, huh? Who, really fast. Is, is Have we written him off to the point where Mike won't say his name on a podcast? He who shall not. No, I'm going to be saying his name. Zach Wilson. You guys know his name. All if right. You, uh, it's Mill Hunter. Yeah, shout out to you know our intro. We got uh, Mike's trade is a big Zach Wilson um, a- acquisition. A big, big exciting news. Huge, huge. Love it, man. Zach Wilson. I mean, yeah, you're right, but I, I, I get your point. I get your point. Speaking of Zach Wilson, uh, man, I really had to scroll down. How far? Oh my god, is he not even make the first page of keep trade cut quarterbacks? Heck no. He a, does a, not. A whole page? Are you kidding? No, absolutely not. He is not even QB fifty. I gotta be. There's gotta be something wrong here. Did they miss out on Zach Wilson? They just took him off, and they're like, "Hey, we're not even gonna rank him." No, okay, he's on here. I just overlooked it. Uh, he's sitting comfortably behind Stetson Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wilson, the former number two overall pick, heading into his third year, sitting behind. Uh, I don't know what was Stetson Bennett. Uh, fifth round pick, sixth round, seventh round. I don't. Who what do they got him at? Quarterback thirty nine. <laughs> so it's it's a. Uh, here, here, you got a uh, Zach Wilson sandwich between Stetson Bennett and Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Jeez, come on, man! But Zach, I mean, yeah, but where's his opportunity going to come from? I'm not saying the completely discard him, but like, where, where should the community put him? Uh, go ahead of Stetson Bennett. Kyle Trask has a much clearer path to start, even if it's gross, right? Like everyone ahead of him, really. Like even I know it's crazy. Sam Darnold. There's enough hype out of out of him, which is amazing to me that. There's from different sources, Mike. Again, conjecture season. Different sources will tell you great things about all three quarterbacks in San Francisco right now. Right, except like, for Brock just, Purdy. Well, yeah, except for him. I don't. Who? who? <laughs> no, I mean, but like you've heard that they like San. Like I, I watched Schefter on Pat McAfee recently. They they really like their San Darnold, and they, they like everybody. Okay, well, so I guess that's you know. How, the community doesn't know how to react. You just want shots of the quarterbacks at San Francisco because we've seen that whoever's back there pretty much, unless you go back to that Nick Mullins year where it was just awful, right. they, these guys have actually mattered in fantasy. So, I mean, where are you supposed to put Zach Wilson? I guess maybe ahead of Stetson Bennett? Like, yeah. 
Definitely a hesitant. I guess maybe though with him, like Matthew Stafford last year, you saw how bad he was and how hurt he can be. So there's probably you know hopium of he gets a chance, and we don't know. But I, I'm with you. I get your point. But it's still he's. It's not like he's crazy out of whack here because he, you're not going to put him ahead of you know outside of that. You're not putting him ahead of Trask or Darnold or Baker or these guys. I'll put him ahead of Kyle Trask easily. Will you? Kyle Trask is, yeah. I guess the thing, the problem is though, like at that point, you're waiting and hoping for what what Wilson's new situation is going to be, where Kyle Trask might actually give you flippability this season. Like no one's trading for Zach Wilson this year unless Rodgers gets hurt, right? Or they trade, trade him. For, I'll trade for Zach Wilson. <laughs> All right, let me I'll rephrase. Dynasty Degenerates, let me rephrase. Nobody's going to trade for him because we're not counting the McNutted. The McNutted lean into it. You know, we've seen this act before. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, no no one's trading for Kyle. Or, uh, you got me. No one's trading for Zach Wilson in season, man. I, I can't see it. I can't see it. Well, let's put a bow on this whole thing, right? I, I think I came into it expecting, right? And I did this live, almost live, almost pure live. I expected to see wild swings as far as hype goes people moving stuff up the only thing i learned is i'm i'm browsing twitter too just to kind of see where uh where the hype is is landing like what i can find because your timeline is going to be flooded with this stuff all all during training camp this is all we're going to talk about and the only thing i can tell you for a fact is and this ties in with the beginning of the show is i got a nice picture here where bob lung is standing next to flavor Flav in canton ohio (laughs) at the hall of fame and i go that's some hype talk about hype mr hype himself flavor Flav, next to bob lung so i can't wait to meet bob and ask him how uh how flavor was (laughs) he still got it yeah man i'm I'm excited uh i'm excited bob lung man it's gonna be fun the expo's here buddy like literally this time next week the expo will be in full swing oh I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope uh, for those of you who listen to the pod, if you got a chance to make it out, I know we've stressed this um, multiple times. It is such a great time. Um, that's really what I want to do when I got Bob on the podcast is just stress that uh, I know it could be a little intimidating, but we're just average people, man. I'm just a fat guy with a beard. I'll say hi and I'll uh, I'll drink a beer with you anytime or uh, vodka or whatever you decide to drink or if it's water. I don't care. I'll chug water next to you. I'm good at that too, but we just want to say what's up. We love the community uh, and everybody who's there is very welcoming, very accepting. Everybody in there uh, is there for one reason, right? We all have a love of fantasy football, whether that's Dynasty or Devi or Campus to Canton or however you like to play, even those uh, weird keeper leagues that people like to do. We still accept you, even if you like one QB, eight-team redraft leagues. Uh, we still share a common goal in the fact that we play uh, we play a game generally in most parts for uh, for money, and it's fictitious, and we act like we're the actual coach when we're and we're, and we're centered there. around you know football and love for football and us being yes you know some four D chess type person that can just make masterful things happen. It's it's all yeah, I love it. Oh man, Adam, buddy, that's all I got. The next time that we do this podcast, we will be in person. Uh, me on the casting couch, yeah, man, you sitting in that nice gaming chair, nice and comfy, while I'm uncomfortable and sweating and probably stink. But I will have a vodka in my hand, so it won't matter. The, the good news is, I, I mean, the casting, the couch, absolutely. The um, the sweating part, I, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> it, it's going to be freezing down here. We, it this gets cold down here. I got you taken care of on that one, but. I'm a big boy. I need it. Yeah, it's going to be cold. It'll be ice cold down here. But, yeah, we're going to do this uh, in live, live in person again like we did last year. Um, one more, you know, live in person for the Expo, man. I'm excited for that. The The, the in-person podcast is different than um, over 
the internet. Not that it's not, I mean, this is where we do most of them, right? But it's a little different in person and it's a, that feel of just, you know, man, look, we're, we're ready for the expo, the camaraderie. Um, a, a lot of it too, for me, the whole reason why I got into this is like building and cultivating relationships and getting to the point of, you know, creating content in a way that's fun and actionable and helping people and doing it in person is such a cool thing because you don't get to do it as often, you know? So I, I love it, man. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, it, come on, man. It'll be a lot of things not fun for you, but it, it, it'll be cold down here. Next week will be very special. It'll be very special to you and I, one, because it's in person, but, uh, you know, there, this is coming to an end at some point. Like this whole thing is coming to an end at some point. So next week's episode will be very special for us. And I can't wait to uh, wait to see you in person, buddy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope uh, for you uh, Dynasty Generates out there, like I said, if you got the chance, maybe it's not this year, but put it on the schedule for next year. Like already go ahead. It's always after the uh, the Hall of Fame weekend. So we got the football game tonight. We have the, uh, the Hall of Fame inductions on Saturday. Um, football game tonight being uh thursday night when you're listening to this it'll be friday morning but we'll have the hall of fame inductions on saturday it's the weekend after man bob said it on the podcast with me they always put it the weekend after so you know ask off for work make your travel plans <laughs> find some buddies find some buddies yeah. i see uh, there's so many people on uh twitter uh carpooling yeah right, fantasy yeah. experts you know Absolutely. offering hey i'm driving from from here and who, who, who's following on Twitter? Like, who wants to come with me? Let's meet up. So it is a great time to meet new people and interact in the space and meet your favorite analysts or, you know, hell, you might even become an analyst. We were just a bunch of nobodies at one point, Adam. We were uh, two idiots. At, with a, at uh, this point. At every point. <laughs> still, right? I mean, come on. We're still idiots. but Absolutely. <laughs> We, we we couldn't get our wives to listen to us on a podcast. St- still can't get my wife to listen to me on a podcast. She'll listen. She says she likes to start when, you know, you and I kind of aren't talking football. We're some start of like whatever. We're breaking down yeah. real life. And then, then football, you guys start talking about football and I, I, I can't listen anymore. We're like a real bad Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> like if we had no talent, we we could we could pass off as the, maybe a Joe Rogan podcast, just BSing about stupid stuff. The, the best part, I I I really mess with the head on this one. I'm like, so you're doing that to listen to my podcast, so you're helping support me, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, you realize you're killing the analytics. Just mess with her, like. <laughs> Three, two three minutes turn this trash off two three minutes turn this trash off i'm like messing with her on that she was she got a kick out of that one i love it buddy well next week we'll be back uh to all you guys out there who've been loyal listeners of us thank you so much for tapping in we appreciate you and we will see you back here same time same place next week adam hit that outro that you always do my friend and just remember when your league mates are playing chess play 40 chess that'll do it peace out peace